How are you today? Good? I am also good. Whew. It has been a week. I don't know if it's been a week for you, but it's been a week for me. You know, when we get to lead worship on Sundays, um, we get to prayerfully consider the songs that we bring. And as I was praying about the songs to bring today, um, one of the songs that we're going to sing mentions uh, Christ being our cornerstone. It's not, in fact, the song Cornerstone, but it is a song that mentions that. And I really felt like God put this question before me, and I'm sharing it with you out of vulnerability because I like to be earnest. But he said, you know, is Jesus your cornerstone? Or is Jesus just another brick in your foundation? Followed that up with, is he the whole of your foundation? But still not yet the cornerstone. And I sat with that question until this morning, but that's a lie, because I knew immediately where he was in the building blocks of my foundation, knew immediately. I just didn't like my answer. Because if I'm honest in my answer, he is a brick in my foundation, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt. Is he always my cornerstone? I don't think so, if I'm honest with myself. And I didn't like that. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to prayerfully consider my answer and bring it back to God. And then this morning, I was like, you know what? Like, whether he was a brick in my foundation last Thursday and today he's my cornerstone, the truth of the matter is, is that some shifting had to happen. And it, and it has to happen. And, and I feel like it should always happen. We should always be self-questioning. Where am I placing Jesus in the building block of this scenario, in the building block of my life, in the building block of my work, in the building block of my worship? And is he always the cornerstone? And like God is so gracious. There is so much mercy that the answer doesn't always have to be yes, although it should be. And it's okay. There's no shame in that. There's no condemnation in that. We just have to make that shift. Because when he is not the cornerstone, right, eventually something somewhere is going to come along and shake the entire foundation. And that has happened to me more than I would like. And so I'm grateful for that question, even though I didn't like my own answer. Because it is really nice to have Jesus be a brick in your foundation. It's really nice. It makes life a little more manageable. It makes it a little more hopeful. But when Christ is our cornerstone, nothing can shake us. Nothing can shake us to falling. We can be shaken, <laughs> but nothing will shake us to falling. Nothing will shake us to crumble. And that is something that I am hopeful today for. Because I am sure tired of falling. And so, I just wanted to put that question before you today, just because I like to share. <laughs> um, 
So maybe sit with that a while. Take your time. Make a shift. Because not only is he worthy, but he's so faithful. All we have to do is decide that he's the cornerstone. And he holds up the foundation. He does all the work, right? Like, we just have to have decided. So, he's really good today, all days. And so we should uh, just extend to him our earnest worship. If it's from a place of pain, if it's from a place of confusion, if it's from a place of falling or shaken or worry or overflowing joy, he is worthy of it all. Our earnest hearts turn toward him. And so I'm going to do that this morning. I hope that you will do that this morning. And uh, let's do that together. So we lift you high forever. I lift you. 
return the breath you gave with our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I won't let the rocks cry out in my place. So we return the breath you gave with our praise. Oh, I won't let the rocks cry out in my place. No, I won't. So we return the breath you gave with our praise. minds. 
Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit 
Yes, Lord. We humbly come to you today, Lord. Yes, Father. As your prophet spoke to us generations ago, if my people will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and seek my face, I will heal their land. You know, today, church, I sense that there may be some of you that have come in today heavy with circumstances. And the Lord wants to encourage you today that you are not defined by your circumstance. We just sang it, church. We are children of the King. We are brothers and sisters with Jesus who put us in a new place, an eternal place with Him. And I'm encouraged by the words of Paul in Romans when he said, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. We just sang, pour your spirit out. We're going to sing it again. It's not for us, church. It's for the land. Pour your spirit out. Our land is hurting. Our people are hurting. There are cities that are hurting right now. There are wars and rumors of wars. So church, we're here to stand in the gap. We have the Spirit of God dwelling in us today if we call Jesus our Lord and Savior. So church, let's sing this again. Pour your Spirit out on the land. Heal our land, Lord Jesus. We pray on behalf of all people today, Lord. Lord, pour your Spirit out. Pour your Spirit out. May there be revival. Pour your spirit out. 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 Come on, our land needs healing. Sing it, church. today. Lord, we ask for forgiveness for anything that we've done wrong today, Lord. As a church today, as a people of God, we stand before you humbly seeking your face today, Lord. Move upon our hearts. Spirit of God, you dwell within us a light of flame in our hearts today. Thank you, Lord. May we dwell with your spirit in the land. May we 
bring a light to those who don't know you. Thank you for your love that continually pours out of us into the lives of others. May we be that people that is pouring out your love, pouring out your spirit, being that vessel that you call us to be. We thank you, Lord God, and we just pray that you have a mighty move across all the lands of this world, that there may be hearts that cry out for your name, knees that bow, for there is no name that is higher there is no God that is greater than you, Lord God. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for life. We thank you for all that you give us, Lord. We thank you for that eternal promise that we can live with you for all eternity. Let's give him a praise, church. Let's thank God for the good things that he's done in our lives and the good things that he's yet to do. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you and grace and mercy today. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. God. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Well, good morning, church. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I hope you're able to hit that spiritual alarm clock right now. God is moving in this place right now. He's touching hearts. He's touching lives. Don't be defined by your circumstance. God has called each of us sons and daughters of him. Just receive that today. All we have to do is accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. And he has made that promise to us. That he's not only going to pour his spirit out, but he's going to allow it to dwell in us. Amen? You receive that today? Awesome, awesome. Well, it's so good to have you today here at Connect. We're thankful for you to be a part and for all of us to be a part today. We just reach out and say hello to everyone who's watching online. We're so thankful that you're able to join us. And Lord, we just lift up your presence in the midst of people who are watching online right now. As the Roman centurion went to Jesus and asked for healing for his servant that it was at a distance. Lord, we believe that you're touching hearts, touching lives right now, even as they watch online and as they take part in what is happening here in our midst today. In Jesus' name, thank you for joining today. We say hello to Pastor Kyle, Pastor Danielle. They have uh, a day off today celebrating Pastor Danielle's birthday, and I know that they're probably watching online, so we just say hi to you as well church we're so glad you could join us and we have a special time now for all the kids there's pastor lisa with the kids connect sign just follow her out and let's give a hand for all the kids as they leave you know we're a church of generations not just one generation but many generations this is the next generation to be impacting our nation amen amen i pray that we pray that continually for them well, church, why don't you turn and greet somebody that you didn't come to church with? Tell them how great they look today. <laughs> awesome. So glad that you could be here today. You know, would you believe it, but Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday is what, two weeks away? 
Two weeks away, I don't know what's happened with the year. I mean, we're already going into Easter, and we have some great things planned. We have a Good Friday service here at 7 p.m., and then on Easter Sunday, you know, this place is going to be praising God, thanking Jesus for that resurrection, amen? So, you know, be part of those services. You know, uh, Good Friday is always, um, you know, a very special time for my heart to remember what Jesus did to pay that price for my sin. And it's also a good time for us to remember all the sacrifice that he paid for our lives. But then on Sunday, we can celebrate the fact that he's resurrected, that he lives. Amen? Well, we have a great service today for you. And I'm going to ask for my brother, Pastor Kevin, to share the word this morning. Uh, Let's give him a hand as he comes to the stage. But... Pastor Kevin, for all of us in Shoulder to Shoulder who have interacted with him, uh, knows his heart for men, how he encourages men. He's always encouraging me every time we're together. And then him and his wife, Pastor Lisa, are just so faithfully sojourning with our children and with the younger generations as our family pastors. So once again, let's give it up for Pastor Kevin. Hello. You found me. There we go. Good morning, church. You know, all right, so I'll share this. Um, has nothing to do with anything I'm going to say, but kind of does have something to do with what I'm going to say. It's one of those things where you're like, all right, I just got to be obedient, right? That's part of it. So um, some of you may know, if you don't know, my wife, and Lisa, my, my wife, Lisa, and I, we're foster parents. We have two little ones with us. Um, they're placed in our care. They're amazing. Um, and so one of the things, you know, that you start bringing people into your homes, it starts changing the pH balance in your home, right? So now there's, they're under three, so there's no sleep. So that's that balance there. Everybody's hangry, you know what I mean? Like, that's a real thing. Snack time can never come quick enough, right? So that all starts happening in the McKinney household very early. And so one of the things that we had been struggling with is helping them identify worship for themselves. So we had the kids worship playing in the house. You know, I'm dancing to the kids worship. You know what I mean? Deep cries out, stirring up deep, deep wells. If you don't know it, you will know it. We're stirring up deep, deep wells. There we go. That's me digging up a well. For anybody watching online, I was digging up a well <laughs> just now. Um, and so we're playing that, but it's not hitting. They're not connecting with it at all. So we come to church and we sing Lifted High. I mean, I can't remember the exact terms of the song name. Lift your name. What's the name of the song? Yep. Lift You High. Okay. So we sing that song, and my oldest daughter catches it. It's not a kid's song, but it catches her spirit in the season that she's in. So then she comes home, and she's like, Dad, can we play that worship song? And I'm thinking, the kids' worship playlist, let me load it up on my phone, let me send it out to the speakers around the house. She's like, no, 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 the song that we sang at church today. And I'm like, 
but how are you going to be stirring up deep, deep wells? Like, how are you going to be doing the dances with all that? So we play it. That was our afternoon. It was her worshiping. My two-and-a-half-year-old caught it. My 16-month-old caught it. I had to go out and buy more microphones because everybody wanted to lead worship. God is good. Man, change the playlist. I just was thinking of this the other day. I had to pull it up because I can't remember it when I was a kid. So I just brought it up. It has nothing to do with that. We're getting to what I'm here to discuss at some point. But anybody remember Feet Shot? I got my Feet Shot with the preparation of peace. I got my belt of truth. I got my sword of the spirit, my shield of faith. I got my breastplate of righteousness and my helmet of salvation. I can't read. I put on my armor and I'm ready to watch Netflix. I put on my armor and I'm ready to disconnect from my community. I, oh, nope. I was reading that wrong. I put on my armor and I'm ready for the battle. Worship comes before the battle. We just worshiped. My God is on the battlefield with us. That means we already are victorious. Today there will be victory. Let's give him a shout of praise. So I'm going to give a disclaimer off the get-go. Right, We are going to be talking about David, we're going to talk about David and Goliath, but we actually won't talk about the battle. We'll talk about David's blessing as a kid, but we won't talk about him becoming king. So when we end, I don't want you guys to be like, we ended, but we never got to those points. We won't. Has everybody ever read the book Mindsets? I'm not advertising it. I'm not promoting it. I just stole this from it, right? So Mindsets is like a kid's parenting kind of focus book, right? And so one of the things it kind of focuses on is when children are in spaces of like can'ts. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it helps to open up a door by adding a yet. So I can't do this yet. I can't tap dance yet. I can't bake a cake yet. The yet adds hope. The yet opens doors. The yet creates opportunity to be able to get to the place that you aren't currently at. Today, I want us to look at that space of not the power that can't has, but what would it look like if we took the power away from hasn't? And instead of focusing on what hasn't happened, our financial breakthrough hasn't happened. That miracle hasn't happened. My promotion at work 
hasn't happened. And we trust God in the hope that he provides when we're seeking him by adding the yet. Life is in the yet. How many of us are right now in a yet moment? I am. I'm sharing this like on a tie wire, right? I am in places of yets in my workplace. I'm in places of yets in my family. But I know that he's good and that he's walking with me. We have youth in here today. I'm so excited to see my youth here. Hi, guys. I apologize that you guys are in here listening to me and I don't have, you're not, watch out for the loop. We're not doing that. If you're on kids team, you know what that is. I should have had like fun games for us to play, but I really believe that we all generationally can benefit from hearing a message like this, not because I'm sharing it. but because our sole reliance and our connection point has to be on God. It has to be focused on him. And he gets his hands into it, right? Like you ever, like my grandmother, she was like the worst massage giver, but she was committed. Like, she would get in there. She had, like, really pokey fingers, like, bony fingers. And she would just get, and you'd just be like, uh-uh, yeah. And she'd, like, relax. I'm like, I can't. God's the perfect masseuse. What's our response to when he is massaging our shoulders? Do we ease into that? Are we relaxed? Are we comfortable with it? Are we still tensed? Come on, all right, what's, all right, huh? What's happening? Do we ease and get comfortable? And then he hits that, that spot. Oh, wait a minute here. What's happening here? The lower back pain of life situations, right? But anyway, let's get into it. So if your name only for labeling things in your notes or in your mind bank, you can enable this, the power of yet, and we're going to be focusing in on uh, Samuel, First uh, Samuel 16 and 17. Um, and so now the book of Samuel focuses on three people. Samuel, where the book gets his name from, Saul and David. These three men transitioned Israel from a group of tribes ruled by judges to a unified kingdom ruled by King David in Jerusalem. Samuel is a prophet. He listens and obeys God. Saul, um, Saul has like some character flaws. How about we, we say that gently? And he disobeys God. And then we have David. David's a shepherd boy who loves the Lord. So after Saul disobeys the Lord, God sends Samuel to Jesse's of Bethlehem's home because God said that Jesse has a son that he has chosen to be king. 
So you can join me in 1 Samuel 16.10. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all your sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending to the sheep. Samuel said, send for him and we will sit down and we won't we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and he had a fine looking appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn, uh, took the horn of oil and anointing anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And David instantly became king. The end. <laughs> no, the verse ends with Samuel then went to Ramah. Let me emphasize that, that Samuel left solo. He went back. David was still there. David just had this very significant moment. He was anointed, but his location and situation hadn't changed. He still had to tend to the sheep. He still had to protect the sheep, all the while still being the youngest of eight. That means he had seven Old Testament brothers. That's like no bueno. There was a blessing. There was a significant moment. But here I am, still right here. The situation hasn't changed, God. God, you gave me a word. God, I trusted in you. You anointed me in front of others. You had me share that testimony in front of others. And I'm still here. Anybody ever order anything from Amazon? I'm not, never mind. Amazon, you go on there, they're kind of like everything now, right? You can't, that's the first thing you go, that's your default. Let me go to Am that or Target. But anyway, that's conversations, we're getting sidetracked, people, stop it. The, you order a package from Amazon, you go on there, you get it, right? You can, if you have Prime, you get it in two days. If you pay 25, if you like hit like the quota, $25, $30, it qualifies for next day delivery or same day delivery, right? And then you place the order, then you get like a confirmation email, right? Later, your order's gonna be delivered whenever it's gonna be delivered, right? Day, next day, whatever. So then you go through the process of like, I'm excited. I'm about to get a package. I love receiving mail. Like, I'm the guy that's like, yeah, give me a circular. Like, I'm coupon king. I'm getting all of the stuff. Verizon's going to save me money on my insurance, Comcast, for whatever comes to my house, I'm excited for mail. I love mail. And I'm like, very particular. It could be junk mail. My wife knows that I have threatened her multiple times with, you know, opening up somebody else's mail is a federal offense. So she leaves it, and then I'll have like a pile by the coffee maker. That's a different conversation. 
talking about Amazon Prime, right? So you get your package, you get the alert, it's gonna come, it's fantastic, man. Everybody else got packages being delivered that same day. So you see Amazon Prime Chucks coming back and forth, you still waiting for your package. Like when, when are they gonna deliver mines? Sometimes we treat God like Amazon. God, I've placed my order. You've confirmed it. I don't understand why I didn't qualify for overnight delivery. I definitely thought it should have been same day delivery. Why am I seeing all of my neighbors and coworkers get that thing? Jake got a promotion. Miss B got her miracle. But I'm favored. So why hasn't my now changed? If we're honest, with ourselves, we allow the enemy to run rampant in the comparison. We have the ability to look at information and be intrigued by it, yet sometimes that information just robs from our now. Everybody's going on vacation. I'm not. Everybody is like 20 pounds. I'm not. My favorite feature on my Apple Watch is time. No comment. Thank you guys for not laughing too loud at that when I would have been devastated. 1 Samuel 16, 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Our Lord command his servant here to search for someone who can play the lyre. Now the lyre is a small harp it's like the ukulele, what the ukulele is to the guitar, it's to the harp. And if somebody plays the harp and they're very offended by what I said, I apologize. It's not my instrument of choice. I'll pause here, well I'll say this next part. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendant, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I see a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play. He is brave, a brave man and a warrior, and he speaks well, and he is a fine-looking man. Man, like, David had to be like, It like keeps on talking about his looks. 
Like, it's documented for generations. Like, I want to change the message right now, title to, a fine-looking man gave the message. And in that way, it's documented in your notes so that when you share it with your children, they'll see, wait, March 26, 2023, a fine-looking man spoke. And then there we have it. He is brave, he's a brave man and a warrior, and he speaks well, and he's fine looking, and the Lord is with him. Without knowing too many details right now, here we learn that David, what David has been doing with his yet. He received the blessing, but he went back. And he still was faithful to his right now. He still tended to the things that were in front of him. He didn't start going, I'm king, feet up. Brothers, you take care of everything. Dad, you don't even matter anymore because I'm going to be king. He didn't get the Simba and Tuma, all the, he didn't start walking around, I can't wait to be king. He did what he was, was in front of him. He spoke well, and he loved the Lord. He did it so well that others caught sight of it. He wasn't on TikTok or Instagram showing highlights of what he was doing. Someone else caught it. Rumors through the town went around about this boy named David. And the rumors were, man, he loves the Lord. He's doing what's in front of him. But did you hear that Samuel went to his house? Yeah, but I know he came out of there still being faithful. Still focusing in, still being respectful. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and skins of wine and a young goat and sent them with his son, David, to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent, the Lord, sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David will take up his instrument and play. Then relief will come to Saul. He will feel better, and the evil spirit will leave. Now the situation has changed. But the reality is still the same. He's no longer home. He's in the king's court, but he's not king. God, you got me from where I was when I needed a situation, when I was in a situation. We didn't get to the end, though. But now I'm no longer with my brothers who get on my nerves 
I'm no longer tending to the sheep that I know. I'm no longer in the area that I understand. How is this promotion? I placed my order, God. You confirmed it. Why hasn't it arrived yet? In the middle of our right now, in the middle of our yet, circumstances change. It's like not the breakthrough, but you can see the light around the door. You know something's coming, but it's not here yet. David is now in the king's court. There has been a change, but the change is not what he was expecting. He is now playing the ukulele of harps for the king. But he had to leave what he knew. Something still was, he still wasn't at his destination, but David had a perspective that we can learn from, and that's God is good, and he doesn't waste a moment. So trust him. I'm pretty sure most of us drove here today. If you walked, tell me where you live. So when you get in the car, right? Like sometimes we're like, God, you got to take me to this destination. He's like, great. You're like, wonderful. I'll drop in the driver's seat. God, you get in the passenger seat. We'll get there. And God's like, nah, um, I don't really trust your driving. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive. And we're like, cool, God, cool, God, don't worry about it. You can drive. I'm just going to hop in this passenger seat. And he's like, um, actually, I need you to go to the back, back passenger seat. Like, this is weird, God. This is my car. This is weird, God. This is my breakthrough. This is weird, God. This is my miracle. All right, I'll go, I'll go to the back seat. And God's like, oh, wait, 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 before you get in, let me pull out the booster seat. What, what do you mean, God? Like, I'm, I'm a grown person. I don't need, I don't, New Jersey regulations say that you have to be over a certain weight. I'm there. Why do I need to get in the booster? He says, that actually, you need to get in a car seat. Wait, what are you saying? And actually, it's a rear-facing car seat. There are many moments in different areas of our lives where we're on different journeys with God and we have to recognize, am I trusty? Am I trustworthy to be a passenger in the front seat? Because that comes with great skill. I'm just chilling and trusting that we're gonna get there. I'm gonna enjoy my snacks. I have a hot playlist. We're good. Booster seat, they're kicking. Come on, are we, what's going on? The driver's not enjoying it. What's happening here? Front-facing car seat, are we there yet? What, what's happening here? They're putting stickers on the window. My parents know, like, <laughs> those Trader Joe's, Joe's stickers, they just give them, like, by the sleeve, like, 25 stickers, never mind. 
we're facing, babies are in that. Babies don't really care too much about being in the rear facing. They care when the car stops. But the journey's good. Where are we at? And are yet? Are we rear facing, front facing, booster seat, back seat, front passenger seat? In this moment, David had a perspective on his yet. There's two ways we can go. We are believing for things to happen. And with this perspective, it's like, God, my eyes are on my future. But I still have to wait. And that still have to wait, that, that position, the enemy gets in there. The enemy gets in the slump of the shoulders. The enemy gets in the hands in the pocket and the arms closed. And the, uh, it's coming, but when it gets here, I'll be ready. No, you won't. I don't know anybody that goes on the battlefield with their arms crossed and their hands in their pocket. David's perspective, I have hope and joy in the journey. Passenger, front-facing, rear-facing, booster. We just getting in the car? Because I know who God is. I know who he is. I trust that he has good for me. I know my father is good, so I can trust him. And because he is good, he has good for me, no matter what I see. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. That perspective, that's a discipleship, a disciple's perspective. Know and trust that even he, even if he doesn't show up the way I want him to show up, he's still good, and that I could trust him in my yet. So back to Amazon. They're not that great all the time. Like, sometimes... They deliver the wrong package to your door. So the other day, I got a package delivered. I was waiting for it. I was upset because it wasn't even like we're going to deliver between 9 and 3. It was like your package will be there by 9 p.m. Like, what's, like, 9, I'm all, I'm, I'm like brushing my, like, we're going to bed, 9 p.m. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're going to deliver when I'm sleep. Who's, what, never mind by 9 p.m., so like it's like a very open window, right? So I'm upstairs, I get the alert on my phone, the package arrives, they sent me a picture of the package on my doorstep. I come flying down. Lisa is like taking care of all the kids. She's like looking for help, and I'm like running to the door. I got a package. She's like, where are you going? I'm just getting this Amazon package. She's like, you know you can't open it. I'm like, um... 
It's like a package, though. I get the, I get the package, and I bring it in. But I'm like, this is heavy. I, like, didn't order something heavy. So I look at it, and it's my neighbor's package. I had to be a good neighbor and go deliver my neighbor's package. Sometimes in the middle of our yet, we have someone else's breakthrough. Here's David. He's still not living in his prom in the promise of his yet. Yet he's playing a beautiful song for someone else's who's being tormented. How's our worship in our yet? Are we, are we even interested in worshiping in the middle of a yet? Like, is it like, all right, God, we've already had that moment, that time together. You gave me that word. I'm standing on it. But, like, just let me know when it gets here. Just mail it in. I'm good. And God's like, no, no, no. Worship in the yet. Ooh, that stirs something. That gets something happening. Worship comes before battle. Battle happens for the victory. Yet the enemy's still in our worship because we're not in our, we're not, we haven't gotten to the destination. Does anybody here know like their worship song? Like, I mean like the thing that they like, it's repeating in their head. It can be an old school, whatever song. It doesn't have to be anything major. But, like, do you have it honed in? Man, when I'm at the worst of the worst, I'll be washing dishes. I'm not saying dishes are me at the worst of my worst. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that most of the time, washing dishes are when I'm in that quiet, like, focused in. And it creates space for the Lord to actually do things that I'm too busy not focusing on. Things don't look right. The kids are making too, it was pizza night, so like there's red sauce everywhere. Like, it's like I'm gonna be honest, we are, we are our shirts off, pizza and family. We got no time to be handling all the stain stuff. I'm just saying that right now. So like, if we invite you over for pizza night, just be prepared. We're all team skins, like, you know. <laughs> but man, I wash those dishes and God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good, you're so good to me. Tom, I really would have appreciated the echo effect on that. 
it would have made me just really connect more. If I had a Beyonce fan, that would have been better. But what is it? In the midst of our thing, what are we hearing? Are we just hearing, it ain't here yet, you're still sick, you're still broke, you still have no friends, the kids aren't going to bed on time, you haven't read another day in your Bible app, the notifications are piling up, you have an annual review, My kid is still struggling with an addiction. My mom's health doesn't look great. Real life, not fake stuff, not things that you're just alluding to. I'm tired of sitting in church by myself. I want my spouse here. Why does church look different on holidays. Why aren't they here now? In the midst of that, in the midst of that, what are we worshiping? How are we worshiping? Hands up, knees on the ground. Are we just mean mugging? It'll happen. God's like, yeah, it can happen, but man, how much better? Two is better than one. Working together is way more fun. That's his heart. I want you to be a part of this. Worship me in the midst of your right now. Find your worship, church. There is a lot of things occupying our attention. Find your worship. There's a lot of things trying to move us off our markers. Find your worship. Hone in on it. Own it. Drake is not going to get me through heartache. get me through a workout but I'll still come back still needing that breakthrough no offense Drake if you're watching <laughs> come to connect theconnectchurch.com you can find out the location there So now we move into 1 Samuel 17. This is the story of David and Goliath. Most of us are familiar with this. It's testimony in the Bible of the Israelites versus the Palestinians, Philistines, I'm sorry. Now at this time, David is an armor bearer for Saul. He's also uh, Spotify on demand for him too. And also, in the meantime of this, like he is like, I still need to tend back to the things that I'm responsible for at home. So he is still taking care of the sheep back home. 
And so now he has a commute. He doesn't work from home. Full transparency, I had a commute, then the pandemic took that away and I gained that time back. And now I work fully remote. Man, I thought I'd, if I had those 45 minutes, my worship would be different. My quiet time would be a lot longer if I had that time. Yet David didn't have a commute. He created a commute for himself, and he still got closer to the Lord. Sometimes in the midst of our yet, we're pulling double duty. How often do we think of a full plate as a curse versus thinking of it as a blessing? Thank you, God, that you see me bigger than I see myself right now. That you are wanting to grow me in this fullness. David's three older brothers were still fighting, were fighting at the war, in the war. So David's father, Jesse, sends him out to deliver food and to check on his brothers. So now that's another responsibility. It wasn't part of his route. Go take care of Saul. Come take care of the sheep. Go take, wait, what? I gotta go to the battlefield? But like, I, like, I play the ukulele of the harps. Like, I don't know why. Like, that's, those are my hands. I don't have, I didn't sign up. This wasn't meant for me. It's not my fight. How are we coming along, brothers and sisters, in the midst of their battle? Are we showing up with goods? Are we checking in on them? Or are we like, hey, nope, you need the miracle. I'm good. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and um, they hadn't given me an update, like on, like, I was asking for them to give me an update on like their next situation because I've been praying for it. And I was like, hey, like, but like if you get the job or you get the next thing, like let me know so I can stop praying for it. Cause like I wanna move on to the next thing in my prayer situation. How many of us are living in that with people? That we're tracking where they're at in there yet. David was supposed to be king. He got blessed. He was still in his right now. And he's tending to his brothers in the battlefield. He was aware of it. So David heads out and does what he was asked, that was asked for him. While looking for his brothers, he overhears Goliath shouting, his usual defiance. The men explain that this is, the, this is what the giant has done every day. The giant has been coming out, talking that talk, and those guys have just been listening. It 
Sometimes there's open-ended things in the Bible. This is one of those moments where the Bible actually says 40 days. Goliath has been roaming, spewing hot garbage, and no one's done anything about it. And are yet, it's not, it hasn't happened. Is it going to happen? Is your God capable of making this happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were supposed to have quiet time earlier, but you couldn't have it because of the situation. So don't worry about having it today. Can I tell you something with the devil? The devil has no, like, we are all experienced multiple schemes and variations of the, like, two tricks the devil has. It doesn't have anything that's, yet we allow those schemes. To be honest with you, the devil is like a defensive coordinator. He just wants to sit on the ball. Doesn't have any offensive plays. He's not, in, he's not, he's just, let's run the clock out. I haven't been to church this week. I haven't been to church in a month. I haven't been to church in a year. I haven't read my word in a year. I haven't hung out with that person who really was bringing life to me in a year, two years, seven years, 10 years. And the devil's still running rampant still doing things, still keeping you in your right here. We'll jump into the text here. So, so, so that's happening. There's guys are saying this in the midst of all this that's happening. There's guys that are like, hey, do you know, quick advert, that saw if you like take care of that guy, the giant Goliath, like there's perks. He's going to bless you with this and there's going to be all this stuff like that. And David's like, is that like open to everybody? He's like, yeah, who's going to do it? Who wants their perks? I want everything. All the good that the Lord has for me, I want it all that he has for my, me and my family, I want it. I want my grandchildren to have it, my great-grandchildren to have it. I want my name to be nothing but a whisper, and yet my God is still good. Let's join in the text in verse 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking to the man, and he turned around with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness with? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Why, haven't, why have you come down here? What are you doing? Why are you here? 
With whom did you leave your responsibilities to? I know how full of yourself you are. I know how disinterested you are in the realness that's happening right now. You've only come down for entertainment. That's real life. That's his brother saying that. If David loves the Lord the way that it's documented in truth in the Bible, that means he was a good brother. Yet his oldest brother in his whatever, mind you, he got passed over too. He stood in front. The blessing did not fall upon him. And now he's at war. And all David was doing was what he was asked to do. In the midst of our yet, in the midst of the travel from our now to our destination, there are going to be people that aren't going to understand why you are here, why you are doing it the way you're doing it. Why are you trusting in something you can't see? Why are you logging on a random night on a Zoom call why are you giving time on a Sunday? That's what he's saying. Why are you here? You're in my space and you shouldn't be. David bypasses that. And he sees the real enemy at the end of the field. It's not my brother. How many times do we sometimes look at people that are bringing these offenses in our lives and we declare them as the enemy when they're not. I have real family dynamics that I'm working through that I have to continue to remind myself, man, God has reconciliation and wholeness and restoration in this matter. He loves them more than I love them. And I don't know how much I love them in this particular moment. Yet I have to see past what they give me. I'll be real. I don't get. I get real weird interactions with people. From my past family members. The interactions I get with them are like cleaned over. He's a pastor. We're coming and talk to pa pastor. Remember, Kevin's a pastor. They'll curse. They'll be like, I'm sorry, pastor. They'll say, hey, can we have this conversation? But not here because Kevin's here. And then when they do talk to me, they'll give me the polished version that they don't want me to speak into. How's our discernment in our yet? 
Are we able to see past what's happening in front of us? Knowing the real spirit behind it is a liar coming against us. And I'm ready for the battle. Where's my mindset on that? This morning, I couldn't find my shoes. Yet I have a belt of truth, a sword of the spirit, a shield of faith, a breastplate of righteousness, and a helmet of salvation. Where's your gear? Do you know where your gear is at? Are you putting it on every day? That means when I'm on that conference call and something that is a lie is said, belt of truth. I kind of made it sound like a suit, like an activate belt of truth, right? Like, right? Where's your sword of the spirit? That was a liar. He's active. I don't, I could look at my phone right now and the first thing I'll see like in the news feed are just what's, go, what's going on in the world that is far removed from people trying to seek and run after the Lord. David had his eyes on God, right? And so after all that happens, in verse 36, he says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has Somebody want to say what that word is? He has what? The armies of the living God. The Lord would rescue me. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. We get more insight into how David handled his yet when he had a commute, when he was an armor bearer, when he was in the king's court after he received his anointing. He didn't run from the lion. On our destination, there will be lions, there will be bears. There will be moments and situations where your breakthrough does not look the way it was supposed to be. And why has it gotten worse? How's the wor it was already worse. How did it got worse, sir? Worse is? More worse? Really bad. Very, very horribly. What's like the diary of the wimpy kid, like the no good, nothing, whatever kind of bad. It got worse. 
but it couldn't have gotten worse. I was already sick, how did I get more sick? I was already broke, how did I get more broke? How did I get more negative? How did the bank allow me to get more negative? I didn't get the promotion, somebody else got it, and now I have a demotion? Because my job has now been absorbed into their department? How do we trust the Lord on our way to our destination when we're in the paw of the lion? We'll never bake it to the bear. If we can't make it through the bear, we won't make it to Goliath. And if we don't make it to Goliath, we don't have the head of our enemy. It's a battlefield for a reason. And if we're on it and we have victory on our side, we have to get through the lion to get through the bear to get to Goliath. If I want it all for me and for mine, I have to get through the lion to get through the bear to get to Goliath. If I want my community to change, I have to get through the lion, to get through the bear, to get to Goliath. If I want my foster children to be back united with their mother, I have to help her get through the bear, to get through the, to get through the lion. Our yet journeys aren't just ours, they're others. We're all seated next to each other, even spouses, and we have our yets, the ones that we haven't even verbalized. I need each and every one of you to help me on my journey. I need some of you to tell me when I'm a rear-facing child in the car on my journey. I need some of you to tell me when I'm not even in the car. <laughs> David had his eyes on God, and right here he testified his faithfulness, not in his yet. He didn't testify that these things happened because I was king. He testified that God rescued him 
because God is good. How are we testifying? What are we saying? I'm sorry for the runny nose. I apologize. Everybody in my house has one. I'm also, I'm an easy crier. But Chris, would you mind coming up? Could you come up? Thank you. There's so many different things that this story has brought out. And this is even talking about where David ends up at or what's to come and things like that or whatever it may be. This is just a real person living in a real way that's genuine. We've given our lives to the Lord, and if you haven't, you'll have an opportunity to. I've been marked, blessed, and special, and seen by my king, but I'm not there. I'm in the middle of my yet. Why? testifying about the situation or am I testifying about the one who can get me through it I can't believe we gotta have another zoom call today I can't believe that so and so did the whatever That person got that. Man, we should be testifying to the goodness of the Lord. God, thank you that I have a job that I can get on a Zoom call for. Thank you, Lord, that I'm, it may have not been my miracle, but I'm thank you, Lord, that you're fulfilling miracles, that you're giving breakthrough, that you're giving promises. I stand here not a byproduct of a home that was chasing after the Lord. Quite honestly, the opposite. At the time, I grew up in the poorest, most dangerous city in America. To a single mom who struggled with her own addictions, and I was put in the system. Luckily, my grandmother stepped up to take care of me. She had faith. I had a friend, Miss Irene. Miss Irene knew me when I was in my mother's stomach. Her son invited me 
to like a, a Halloween outreach. He was acting in it. I was like in the eighth grade. And they asked, hey, do you want to, they paused it in the middle and they did an altar call. I gave my life to the Lord that night and then I walked away and no one said anything to me. I didn't know what I did. But my grandmother went to church and I kept on going to church with her. Didn't, didn't know what the next steps really were. And then I came and got invited to a Christmas Eve Eve service here at the church. I came because I was interested in a girl and she invited me. that day I asked the Lord God if I'm supposed to really change my life and my situation for you like you gotta give me a sign I'm going to a church in Cherry Hill I don't know anybody there I walk up the boardwalk Dan already greeted me multiple times by then I come in and the first person I see is one of Miss Irene's children She's standing there and she says, Kevin. She knew where I grew up. Her story, not that far from mine. Yet God saw me in it. From that day, man, I may connect my home. I am a child of this house and proud of it. Man, today, maybe you're not handling your yet well. Maybe you don't even understand what it means to be in an actual journey with God or a relationship with him. Maybe you heard something that's sparking interest and you're trying to figure out, man, how can I trust God in a real way? How can I trust him to get to the lion, to get through it, to get to the bear, to get to Goliath? Maybe you made a decision a long time ago and you're, I'm so sorry for anybody listening to this on the podcast and you're hearing me sniffle through it. My, my apologies. That's like a weird thing to have to hear multiple times. Maybe you want to trust God in your yet, or maybe you just want to get on the journey Maybe you've made a decision a long time ago. Maybe you want to recommit today. Something sparked today that didn't hit before. And you want today to be a new day. But maybe just the week, you just fell out. You and God just got distant. Get close.
you guys don't mind just closing your eyes and bowing your heads. Right now, before I even say anything, I'm just going to get quiet. Just start handling business that you need to handle with the Lord right now. Just start praying to him. Maybe in the midst of your right now, you're trying to see how you can trust him as your Lord and Savior of your life. Everybody just repeat after me. Let's just reset the palette here. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm here right now. I'm asking you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Make me your child. Fill me with your spirit. Today I choose to trust you in the journey. I won't look back. I won't go back. For I know. that with you I will get through the lion to get through the bear to get through the lion in Jesus name I pray amen come on amen man God is good even that little situation there, that's a reset. That's a new.
Church, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Rick up to encourage us in our tithe and offerings because I can't think of a better time to do that so I can blow my nose. But also, more importantly, I've shared this with Pastor Rick in private. I'll share it in public. I love that man. I've learned so much being underneath his tree. He ain't my dad, but I'll claim him. So welcome, Pastor Rick, up. Let's hear it for Pastor Kevin. I've learned from him today, haven't you? I love God doesn't waste a moment. God sees us bigger than we really are. Wow. I think this is a yet moment for many of us. I know it is for me about giving. I think all of us from time to time struggle with two different types of mindset. You mentioned that word earlier, Pastor Kevin. The mindset of scarcity versus the mindset of generosity. It's really a heart issue, but I want to encourage you today as well as thank you for your generosity. By reading a scripture, everybody's familiar with the scripture, God loves a cheerful giver, but I never really focused on the next verse. And in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, this is what the Word of God says, and I hope this is an encouragement to you. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And that word grace there has two different meanings, divine enablement, And unmerited favor. There's a delta sometimes, and there is a battle that goes on between the scarcity that we perceive and the generosity God is asking us to make. But he gives us the grace to go forward. He sees us bigger than we really are. And if we take that step forward toward generosity, not only will our lives change, not only will our needs be met, but the miracles that happen in that parking lot at TKC, the miracles that happen in this community, the miracles that happen around you will be miraculous. He will bless that. And I hope that that yet moment is today for many of you. And I know I, I have more to do in this area as well. When we, we're drawing those prophetic pieces of paper some months ago, I got strategic generosity. And I'm still working through that. What do you mean by that, God? But again, it's a yet moment for me as well. There's a lot of ways you can give. You can certainly get the envelopes. They're in the 
tables all around the sanctuary and fill them out and put them in the kiosks that are by our doors, the gold kiosk. You can take your smartphone, open up the camera and face it toward any of the QR codes that are not only in the sanctuary but all around. And one of the things that might help improve our generosity mindset is that if we get into if you get into automatic giving it takes the decision the weekly or bi-weekly decision really out of our hands and you can prioritize the kingdom first and watch God meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus so let's just pray right now uh, that we access God's grace in terms of our worshiping him with our tithes and our offerings. Lord, we thank you that your divine enablement, your unmerited favor is for your king's kid. And I thank you that we are much bigger than we see ourselves. And as we look at your word and do what your word says, we will impact not only our families and those with, around us, but also grow the kingdom of God. And we ask that you bless this offering, and it is in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Let me let's let's close now in prayer. And again, thank you, Pastor Kevin, for sharing what you shared today. We love you. God loves you, Father. We thank you that we're in a country, not one of the fifty-three or more countries where assembly for Christians is illegal, but we're in a free country where we come together like this. And we just ask that you. Bless those countries that are under persecution. And as we enter into these final two weeks before Easter, Lord, that we have a sense of gratitude for the freedoms that we have. We have a sense of the miraculous in our lives because you are our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for this service. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you, by the way, anybody committed to Christ or wants to talk to me, please come on over the table. I'd be happy to talk to you and give you a free book that'll help you in your growth. God bless you. Thank you all.